So not too long ago, I held this workshop at WPPI where I gave my top 30 creative strategies to get photography clients as fast as possible without paid ads. And it killed it. It sold out. It was incredible. I've been sitting on it for a little while and I've decided to bring it back, to bring it back and to give it directly to you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay anything either. I just want to help you grow your business each day for three days. I'm going to share with you 10 ultra unique creative ways to attract dream clients to your photography business without spending a bunch of money. I'm calling this thing the three day client blitz and it is pure gold for three days. I'm going to give you so many creative ideas to get clients in your business right now. Just go to sixfigurephotography.com forward slash blitz six S I X six figure photography.com forward slash blitz b l i t z i can't wait to give you some incredible ideas hello everybody welcome to another episode of six figure photography my name is ben hartley and today uh i am i'm genuinely and super excited to be sitting down here uh with cole let me tell you a little bit more about cole cole is a self-taught uh, San Diego wedding photographer uh, who has just recently started his own education site, Cole's Classroom. This site, you guys, is blowing up. It has just uh, received um, immense popularity and favor. He has over 10,000 Facebook followers, over 100,000 people subscribe to his newsletter. If that's telling you anything, we found them on one of the uh, largest and most fastest growing podcasts on iTunes, Smart Passive Income. And we had to reach out and learn more a little bit about what Cole's got going on. So um, welcome, Cole. I'm so glad that you're sitting down uh, here with us today. Oh, thanks so much, man. This is going to be a blast and I appreciate you having me. For sure. Okay. So you have uh, what I what I think is a very interesting origin story for how you kind of got started in this whole thing. So tell us a little bit more. What began your career with photography? Right. So that's, that's sort of a funny story because, you know, I think a lot of, at least back back then, you know, so back then there was a lot of photographers that maybe they, they grew up with a camera in their hand. Maybe they, um, at some point, they sort of fell in love with the art. And I was the, that wasn't me. So I was the guy who was, you know, sitting around, in my corporate day job, crunching numbers in finance and thinking, I don't know if I want to sit at a day job all day. And, you know, so it's sort of a funny way, but I mean, my buddies and I, at the time, we would sort of just for fun. And that's before I knew I was a really an entrepreneur at heart was we would just talk about like business ideas. And at one point the conversation turned to uh, one of my buddies, um, his name was Matt. He said, Hey, you know, my, my wife, she's going to be a, uh, <clears throat> she's going to get started to be a wedding coordinator. I'm like, Oh man, that's great. You know, like, and this was back in, I mean, just to set the stage, this was back in 2008. Um, you know, so right when there was this big massive recession happening mm-hmm. across the U S and really the world. And suddenly just the idea of weddings, like it struck a chord with me. And cause we were like, Hey, you know, no matter what, there's still going to be weddings in the recession or not recession. And the fact that it's, so the, the conversation transpired a little further and it sort of went, well, he said, Oh, well, I have a buddy who does uh, wedding photography and she just, she kills it. She makes like $4,000 a wedding. <laughs> and at the time, you know, when we're here, I was hitting my salary of $4,000 a month. I was thinking in my head, wow, that's amazing. So, 
um, to make sort of a long and sort of interesting story short, that sort of got the wheels turning. And, um, you know, I literally went back to my desk and sort of was starting to look at wedding photography as a perfect side business um, because it's on the weekends most of the time. And I worked during the week and here in San Diego, cost of living is insanely expensive. Um, but like I said, the real sort of funny thing about that is I will say it's not something I'm necessarily proud of to say, yeah, we're great wedding photographers, but we absolutely did not start with photography in the soul. It started purely for the idea of it being a great business venture. And luckily we fell in love when I started teaching myself the trade and started learning how to use the camera. So it worked out, but the initial at the onset, it wasn't sort of the fairy tale, like, Oh my God, I can't wait to be a type story. Sure. I feel like I, I read so many of these like about me pages and they're like, no. hey, you know, when I was nine years old, I, I picked up my uh, first camera. Um, <laughs> that's, that I, just, uh, I, I wish that was me. Um, but I, I relate, man. I mean, I think it was out of, it was out of desperation for my wife and I, that I even began to this whole thing. I was out of college and I didn't want to work as a server and uh, I was a fine art major. So a creative, but photography wasn't, you know, where I started. Mm -hmm. Um, but you're right. Everyone, you know, weddings, weddings will always happen. <laughs> so I, I totally get it. Yeah. And you know, it's, as you can relate, I mean, I mean, we genuinely loved wedding photography, you know, and it, I mean, we've met so many amazing people, literally the same sort of mindset that I've had with, whether it's in a career or just sort of building a business or, or just even in sports when you're a kid, you know, just that drive and motivation to do better and better and better. You know, we've had that with our wedding photography and now, of course, close classroom. So because of that, it just constantly, we we hold ourselves to such a high standard to really not just ever go out there and just give good photos, but give an absolute amazing experience for the whole um, start to finish with our couples. And, uh, and, and because of that and having that personal touch, we've, we've made up so many really close friends that were really start off as our clients. So it's, it's been a real amazing thing for us. Fantastic. So when, when you started off then, um, you know, you weren't a photographer. It's not something that you studied. How did your friends and family react to you, you know, like becoming a photographer? Yeah. Yeah. I know it's, it's sort of funny when, I mean, and to me at the time, it wasn't like, it wasn't funny, you know, I was like, well, why can't I do this? But a lot of people, they sort of like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, and I mean, that's what happened literally when I went back to my desk and I literally walked into my friend Tara's office and I said, I got an idea, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I get the perfect business idea. And she's like, what is it? I'm like, I'm going to be a wedding photographer. And literally she said, I remember this. And this was now in 2008, <laughs> seven years ago. She said, but you don't even have a camera. You don't even know how to take a picture. And I, and I literally said, dude, internet. <laughs> right. Right. I totally I, agreed. I mean, at that point, I had taught myself, I was self-taught musician, and I still play guitar in a band and all that. So, I mean, I just, I, I knew that either A, it'll work, and I'll learn it, and I'll like it, or B, if I don't like it, then I'm stuck with a nice camera. Big deal. So, um, I mean, everyone was supportive, because the thing is, is it wasn't like I was jumping and dropping that full-time income for a side business in which I didn't know anything about. So... Since it was a side business, it sort of was always viewed as like, hey, there's no risk, right? Yeah. So so I, I, I had a lot of support from everyone around me. 
Yeah, that's awesome, man. So, okay, I love the phrase, dude, internet. I think that needs to be on like a meme or a t-shirt or something. But okay, so when you say dude, internet, um, you know, you're self-taught. What resources were most helpful when you went online? Where were you looking? How did you teach yourself? Yeah. So, I mean, at the time there was this website and I know there was more, but the one that I remember spending the most time in, in those early days was photo.net. And I don't know if you've ever come across that one, Ben, but it was really mostly, I mean, the most value in that website was not any like articles, but the actual forum that they had, which of course now is pretty much the modern day Facebook group or whatever. So at the time there was a forum and a message board. And, um, I learned a lot just from, reading even more so than I was posting, you know, but just people's questions, people's answers. Um, you know, I, I bought books, you know, back then we actually <laughs> books yeah. in the olden days. Yeah. We got <laughs> books. So, I mean, you know, everything from understanding exposure to, I think, um, one that Neil van, uh, what's his last name? Neil van Nurk or something. He's one of the strobist guys. Oh, you know, okay. Yeah. 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 So I had one of his books and I just hit the pavement, but, I honestly, the best, the best way to learn was just going out there with your camera because thanks to digital, I was able to go out there, take a picture, review the settings, see what works, see what didn't work, and then revise it and rinse and repeat. So um, I just sort of grabbed everything, the online forum, the, the books, then going out there with a the camera and putting it all together. I'll, I'll say the one problem was, was especially back then, I think it was, it was a really it was a really challenging time for a lot of people. And I totally can respect why now not only were a lot of older school photographers losing business to these young whippersnappers, um, who were shooting digital, but it was during the recession. So I think a lot of them suddenly had their complete business base probably drop out. Um, and they were maybe used to making this much money cruising along. And then now there's a recession and people are going to these newer, younger entry level people and, you know, we've all seen those shifts through the years, but the sad thing about that was there was so much hostility and negativity in those forums mm. from people asking a stupid question, um, you know, anything, especially if anyone had a question about wedding photography um, and they pretty much just picked up a camera, they were pretty much guaranteed to get their butt kicked in terms of uh, online butt kicking. If you, you know what I'm saying? Sure. So, I totally get it. So it was a very intimidating and not necessarily good learning experience, you know, in terms of there wasn't really, there was content, but there wasn't really a welcoming feeling at that time at all. No matter where I looked online. Do you feel like that's changed, you know, changed um, online nowadays? I think so. I mean, I, I might be a little biased just because I know how, how strong our community is um, in terms of our Facebook pages or the groups. And of course I lead those. And the biggest thing that I've imparted from the get go in those places is it's a safe community. So there is no, there is no, I mean, anyone who has any negativity, they're instantly dealt with. And, and that's sort of like a zero tolerance type thing. But I do think that it's a, it's a different playing field now. Um, I think the amount of, new photographers that are coming on board by the months and years are just has exponentially grown. Um, there's now six figure photography. There's now Colts classroom. There's all <laughs> these very, very good, you know, content places with free resources and really supportive communities that just simply didn't exist back then. 
I think the biggest difference is like, look at what we're doing. Like we both, we aren't just like no hobby. This isn't a hobby to us. This is our job. Yeah. And we've had success doing that. And now we're sharing that for free with anyone across the world. And six, seven, eight years ago, 10 years ago, it's not, I don't think that there was no content to be found, but it was just shared differently. It was more from a place of, I think, and I don't want to put down anyone and I'm not going to say any names because I really don't have anything specific, but I think there was a lot more of like just the mechanics and just pure, maybe whether it's gear reviews or exposure reviews, not as much real world. I went out to a wedding, you know, it's not like they're back then we're going up, Hey, here's a We're doing a jump on Periscope for a live feed right now. We're at a wedding. Here's what just happened. Here's what went wrong. Here's what you should do to fix it. You know, yeah, if, this, yeah. if you're ever in this situation. Yeah. So it was more just like post some content and hope that people find you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So then going back then to, um, to your beginnings here. So we, we know where you learned photography. Um, but like, how did you get your first client? What was it like back then? Like as far as um, getting experience and, and finding someone to actually pay you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously that was like, that was a concern, right? I mean, with no port, I mean, the one thing I knew from the get go is I needed a portfolio. Like, I knew that one or another, I needed photos to show so that people, if I had a chance to meet with someone, they can actually see what I'm made of. So, um, some of, you know, I think I did two, maybe three. Eh, yeah, I probably did three, four, just very makeshift, loose, free portrait sessions for like friends. You know, um, one of them was like they wanted something for save the date cards. It wasn't even an engagement session. They they already had that. So I did a free session for them with their little like, you know, save the date date card and that kind of thing. And I did another one, sort of a fake engagement session for someone. So I basically did those free for friends type things, which were obviously experience builders for me. But even though it was free, not only did I need the experience, but I really needed the photos to then be able to show off. Um and have as a portfolio builder. So I did that on my own. And then I started trying really, really hard. I knew I wasn't, I wasn't going to be reckless. So it's one thing to be brand new and whether it's for business purposes or in your case, you, I mean, you needed to, or you didn't want to wait tables or whatever it was, no matter what, you can't be reckless with weddings. <laughs> I firmly believe that. And totally I'm not agree. just talking about, you know, amateur gear because I'm not going to be the one that says you have to have $10,000 in gear to successfully do a wedding, but I am going to be the one to tell you, and I'm sure you'd agree that do not take on a wedding client until you're a hundred percent comfortable around that camera and you can successfully take the pictures and not blow someone's wedding. So with that said, I was trying to find, I knew that I wanted to do some second shooting gigs and that's where things got really tough because no one wanted to give me a chance. And, um, and I reached out, you know, five, six, eight, well, I don't remember, a bunch of people and most people I never heard back from at all. So I knew that, you know, I needed to get some second or third shooting gigs. And and luckily I had, I managed to get three. I, by the end of the third one, I knew that, A, I can just keep scr scrapping around and trying to get one or two more uh, third shooting gigs. Or, you know, I actually think I'm ready for my own. So that's what happened. And once I was ready... I was then able to take that portfolio of those free shoots that I did, take the, the photos I took at those weddings, put it in this really sweet, uh, you know, uh, 
you go to Costco, I got some prints made, threw them in the little slips, and I, I threw up an ad on Craigslist and got busy. And I started meeting people at the coffee shops. I'd come here and I'd say, let me see your work. i go, here you go. And I'd walk them through <laughs> and they go, wow, those look amazing. And I was like, oh, man, <laughs> all right, great. Let's do your wedding then. Um, so that's basically how it got started. But I hit, I hit the pavement, get them to work, and I hit the pavement on Craigslist to get um, – business. That's awesome. So you've seen great success. Uh, you know, I think early success starting on, but now, you know, things have, have really grown and, and blown up for you. So what, what have you done to differentiate yourself from everyone else? And you're not like, everyone says like, I'm in a saturated market. I'm in a saturated market. You're like in, you know, San Diego. <laughs> like, I don't know if it gets more saturated than that. So, yeah. uh, yeah. talk to me it's a little not... bit about that. Sure. Um, you know, I mean, I think the biggest difference that, you know, I set out from the get-go was I knew that there was a ton of photographers around. I knew that I had to do something different. I knew that, you know, I didn't necessarily know what that was, but I knew one thing was I was going to give 120% for every single client we had. And because of that, you know, whether it's, you know, responding instantly to emails when they would come in, if someone needed help with their wedding timeline, get on the phone with them, you know, and walk them through it, you know, and, and all these things throughout the years. I mean, next day sneak peeks um, for every single one of the weddings that we did, you know, just to sort of give them a little surprise value. So basically, <clears throat> in a nutshell, I really worked on sort of the, not the actual shooting part, because to me, that's a given. You have to be good at that. Mm -hmm. But everything else, really doing a darn good job at making it an amazing experience, giving them some wow factor, and just... It's as simple as going above and beyond, and that worked. And I think that still works because I think there's so many people out there that love taking photos but hate running a business, or they love taking photos um, but they maybe don't want to. They don't think they need to hustle. They maybe they think that their people are just going to show up on their Facebook page ready to write them a check. And you and I know that doesn't work that way. No so, way. so that's sort of what we always did from the get go, and. I know it made a difference. There's, there's not a, and, and it'll still make a difference for all of your listeners. It's just those little things going, they, they don't go unnoticed, but most photographers don't do them. Yeah. So that, I guess brings me to my next question as far as why do you think um, most photographers fail? Uh, and I know it could be contributed to uh, a number of things, but I don't know if you had to put it in a nutshell, what do you think it is? I mean, is it about the hustle? Is it about, is it about the work? Is it about, um, yeah, I don't know. What what do you yeah. think that reason is? Well, I'm glad you asked that question because I like trying to analyze these things anyway, being a sort of business guy. But I think the biggest thing is, is there's a, well, the first thing is, is why do the bit photographers fail? Well, obviously it depends if we're talking full-time people mm -hmm. versus uh, part-time because that's sort of where all the risk is. But just to take it at a top level, I think the reason why most people will continue to fail are those that do not hustle enough, those that are not getting a, going after getting the business coming in, um, those that are not going above and beyond to get those existing clients to go out and refer you out to a bunch of new people. Um, I don't necessarily think it's the work, but I do think that it, that has a big part of it because as there's so many new photographers that are just all coming in, coming in, coming in. So you get all these people that are at this like, one tier, right? You got the one price tier, whatever that is. It doesn't matter. And then you got maybe the 
intermediate price tier. And then you got the advanced wedding photographers, you know, whether it's 4,000 and on up or 5,000 up, whatever. Then you got the super high. No matter what tier you're at, I mean, keep in mind, it's like a pyramid, right? So at the bottom, that's where most of the people are. So if you're going to duel it out with the most people at the lowest prices, you need to get out of that tier as quick as you can. Mm-hmm. And you need to do that with getting your work up, up to snuff. So most people, they're going to come in and they're going to be at this tier. And so many people have put pressure down on prices. All these new people, the more people you have, the more that the price pressure goes down. So in a nutshell, what's happening is people are basically making less and competing with, with, uh, with more supply photographers. So there's less business to go around. And if you don't have a good grasp on your pricing, you're, 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 you're getting shut out. You aren't making any money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that analogy. I wish people could could see it. I, you know, I feel like maybe we'll put a little a little chart in the in the blog next is perfect because you know the people at the top. I mean, if you make every notch you go up, in many ways, you're it's easier to survive mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. you, at the very least, you have less people you're competing with. So you, I mean, I started off as a five hundred dollar for a four hour wedding. You know, five hundred dollar photographer uh, for a four hour wedding a thousand dollars for nato right on craigslist but i consistently was trying to move up the ladder and move up and up and up to now you know 4500 or five thousand dollar weddings so um i think that's the biggest thing is people get frustrated when it's not happening instantly and the bottom line is the stuff takes time and and without the hustle and without the the dedication and the motivation um and the right strategy whether it's social media, pricing, all that, you, um, it, it's, it's a hard game to win at these days, I think. Sure. Okay. So one of the things that, uh, that I'm, I find really appealing about you, I relate to myself is just, you've got a lot going on, you know, um, three different, you know, that I'm even aware of, maybe more, <laughs> three, three different like entrepreneurial pursuits that you, that you've had, uh, going at, at one particular time. And so anything, whether it be, um, finance during the week to wedding photography and weekends and, and building up Cole's classroom in between, like how have you found time to manage those three jobs? And I think a lot of our audiences, they're struggling with this too. You know, they have got their full-time job, they're, they're working weekends. Um, we've got a lot of parents who are just, they're trying to take care of families and kids and, um, and build a business on the side. So how did you manage it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, luckily right now I don't, I got rid of the finance job uh, about <laughs> five months ago, which is an absolute blessing. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it all comes down to process. It's as simple as that, you know, process and priorities and, you know, I'm, I'm going to throw a close classroom to the side for now because at the time, in terms of I put myself in the shoes of your audience members back when I was working full time um, and just doing weddings because I, I that first year I did 28 weddings on the side. So 28 weddings and, of course, all the administrative and engagement sessions that go at that 28 weddings plus the day job. Um, that was not easy. Um, but the way to manage it is to really develop a process and plan and not be afraid to invest in tools that make your life easier. So for me, that was sort of my forte into learning post-processing and Lightroom and just pure editing like a machine. And I had to, and I did. And not only does that let you survive and, you know, not, and I still can go and 
I come home from work and I can edit a wedding down in four or five hours, I can, now I can still go and have dinner with my wife, you know, whereas I'm not having to pull my hair out and edit all night long. Um, but not only is that amazing for that time freedom, but now you're apps, now you're actually making money and you're making more money on an hourly basis. So okay. back to the question of how do people not make it? Well, let me tell you, if, if it's taken you 24 or 30 hours um, to do a, a photo session in editing or a wedding or whatever, you aren't going to be able to scale your business. You're just going to drown in your own, in your own work. And you need to get a hold of that right now. Um, because it's, it could, t- it could be the difference of you making a hundred dollars an hour at the end of all your expenses to $10 an hour or below minimum wage. So, um, I focused on editing. I, I was able to trim down my editing time from at one point, three hours for every one hour I shot to a half hour for every hour I shot. So nice. full weddings would take me right now, um, about four hours, start to finish. Um, you know, if you aren't, if you're, if your viewers are pulling their hair out because maybe, uh, you know, they're doing the old school thing with contracts. I mean, get with a new software that's going to let you easily send out contracts. They can sign them online, you know, questionnaires and all that. Do all that stuff. Use the software available to you now. 17 Hats is a good one. That's an affordable price point. And I know um, Zach and Jody have a new one called ShootFlow that is going to just blow everything out of the water. Um I know that's where we'll be going. So I guess to shrink it down, you have to really just sort of look at the overall workflow, everything that's required to do a shoot, and really um, just shrink it down into a automated process. Automate, automate, automate as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, so uh, what have you found to be, um, and this can be when you started off, or maybe I'm even a little bit more interested uh, into where things are now for you, but one of the, the biggest struggles in operating your business um, and how have you overcome it? So what are the biggest um, struggles I've had operating and how to overcome it? Yeah. On the Cole's classroom side or the Cole yeah. Joseph side? Uh, let's maybe talk because I think we'll relate a little bit more to the to the photographers out there. So let's talk about yeah. more so your uh, Cole Joseph photography. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think in, and it goes to show that, you know, I don't know about you, Ben, but at least for me, you know, I'm not very different than a lot of your audience in many ways. And I think the biggest obstacle is just having enough work to come in. Having enough <laughs> yeah, bookings. It's true. I mean, it's, true. it's as simple as that, you know, like you, your success for the year and your success for the next year really depends on what you have in the pipeline coming in this year. Because if you're slowing down on the front end, you're going to slow down on next year because you aren't going to have the same amount of referrals coming in. So um, you know, I, it's, I, I don't want to like escape the question, but we are actually slowing down on purpose. Cole Joseph photography, um, to focus solely on Cole's classroom. Yeah. So, I, so I, I can say that that's been the biggest challenge I've seen, but I'm not necessarily addressing it because we're okay with the slowing of bookings coming in. Um, may I press further then? I mean, like may, may I press further as far as like, um, what you've done earlier before Cole's classroom to, to keep it at least at a consistent rate, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and once again, I, I, my position a little different because I never had, I was never full time. I never had to rely on solely wedding photography. So it's a little bit different because for me, it didn't matter if one year I did 30 weddings and if the next I did 20, 
or, or the next 15. What I can say, what I would do is um, just because for our price point, bridal shows really wouldn't make a lot of sense just because we're sort of out of that price range. And here on the West Coast, that's sort of not as, as big of a thing, I think, um, as maybe elsewhere in the country. But I think what I would do is I would really be um, – I'd be going to your existing clients and I'd really be, whether it's giving them a nice um, client gift or even just asking them to share their photos or just even asking them for referrals. You know, I mean, sometimes you just got to sort of grit your teeth and, um, you know, lace up your shoes and just go after it. And um, I know that if I didn't have Cole's classroom and if I was only doing Cole Joseph photography um, right now, I'd be having some one-on-one emails or phone calls with a lot of our very best clients and um, somehow making them sort of your, your, uh, your promoters for you. And, and whether it's asking them to brainstorm and if they know anyone um, that's engaged or even if you expand out a wedding and start going into doing some portraits. So did that sort of answer the question? Yeah, it absolutely did. And this is, uh, this is something that I've actually never done. Uh, I was just talking to Luke and Kat, uh, looking at photography and they had a similar, a similar idea in regards to just simply asking your current and past brides for referrals. And it's something that I've never done. I don't know why I've never done it. I've never thought about doing it, but I think it, uh, I think it's a huge thing. And I've actually never heard anybody else in the photography industry talk about this. Um, it's just simply asking for referrals. Um, as I, I I'm, yeah, I want to I want to get deeper into that, but um, we have too many other questions to get into today, so I'll have to keep it on my bucket list as something else to to talk more about. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, the thing is, is at the end of the day, like, where can you get clients, right? I mean, it can be from word of mouth, it could be from bridal shows, be some social media, um, it could be on venue lists. So, I mean, one thing, if if for me, probably what would ha- what would be probably the bigger benefit, just because I'm a people person anyway, is. I would still do the asking for referrals and sort of help get that word of mouth going, but I'd actually probably be really trying to go out, reach out and do some free work for venues, mm-hmm. maybe do some photos for the venue that they can use to promote in, in exchange of getting on their venue, uh, venue list, preferred vendor list. Um, same thing with wedding coordinators, go out there and do some head new headshots for some of the top wedding coordinators in the place. So really think outside of the box in terms of where else can you get more people talking about you? And social media, I mean, okay, it's sort of a crapshoot, though. Um, you know, I mean, it's not like you're going to run a bunch of Facebook ads and have a whole lot of success on something that's so personal. And, you know, it's just sort of a little bit different business model. So that's where I would put my energy. Yeah, I totally agree. That's awesome, man. Well, okay, I want to talk a little bit more about the dynamic that you have within your business because you, you photograph with your wife. And uh, I think a lot of photographers out there um, our, our husband and wife teams, um, they at least have a partner that they're working with in some way. And so how do you balance that? How do you balance your work life and your personal life? Yeah, it's not easy. I mean, we, we developed a, we developed a pretty good working relationship, um, and sort of dynamic with on the wedding day and with our clients. But, um, you know, sometimes when you're working at home together, it's, it's a lot harder because, there's, it's hard to have a division of tasks, you know, like, okay, you go ahead and you're going to tackle all the post-processing and editing now or the blog posting and the album design, and I'm going to do this, you know? So, um, yeah, I, I guess that's sort of part of the answer is simply collectively between the both of 
you know, the husband and wife or, or whatever, the, the couple, you want to really decide who's going to take what and then sort of split it. You know, that's, that's your area. And in terms of deadlines and all that, you can maybe have a loose guideline like, hey, I want to have the full photo shoot done within two weeks, you know, no matter what. I don't care when you fit it in, but two weeks, you know. So you have your guidelines for your company, but then let that empower that other person to do it on their own time so that there's not really a he and ha and a, you know, a micromanaging that goes on. And it takes some getting used to, but that's really the best way to handle it is to uh, divide and conquer. Yeah, for sure. So then um, I, I work with my wife as well. So there's that. Yeah. Um, so I'm relating to a lot of this stuff. And I'm curious about this uh, about this question because it, it can't always line up and I'm sure it doesn't always line up. Um, and so how do you handle that conflict when it occurs? Um, do you guys, I mean, do you have any pro tips? This is a personal question I'm asking for me, Cole. Do you have any pro tips for me? How I can handle things when, uh, when I mess up with my wife in regards to the business? Um, on the wedding day or out in, I mean, out in the field or behind the scenes? Ooh, let's do behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the wedding day is a little easier because, you know, even if you get in a little sort of like a uh, little tiff or something at the end of the day, we are going to all snap back quickly because we know we're there for our couples behind the scenes. It's definitely a little harder. Um, and you know, I, just like I said, I think that my biggest tip is to really make darn sure that there is good feedback and appreciation going on. Um, not even necessarily on both sides, but I mean, at least for me, it's very important to acknowledge the effort that Nicole's doing, um, the really give her legit. And they aren't just, to boost anyone's confidence, but it's, it's legitimate kudos and thanking them. I mean, it's amazing what a thank you, how far that'll go. And um, depending on the dynamic that you have, I think it's the hard part when you're working with a, a partner is it's very easy for either party to feel like it's very one-sided, mm-hmm. you know, maybe like maybe in your dynamic, um, your wife feels like this is your baby, right? This is your company. Are She's you just- inside of my wife's head right now? Are you? <laughs> yeah. Right. So, and because of that, it's hard, you know. And it's and, and I understand why they feel that way. But but the whole thing is is it's we look at it as it's a team. It might be your baby, but you absolutely need their help. You absolutely need your wife's help. And because of that, uh, you just need to make sure that you're. Um, empowering them, um, just acting as a leader and helping guide, but let them um, or her go ahead and take ownership and own some of these projects. And one of the, I think the biggest things that I started doing with um, our dynamic, because this was relatively new by me having Nicole do all the post-processing, which I did for years. And a lot of times in the beginning, Nicole would be worried like, okay, I'm ready for my review of the photos or do you want to review the blog post, you know? And it's like, no, I trust you. Yeah. You know, like I completely know that you're going to give it the same amount of heart that I would. And I'll look at the post when it's up and published. And if a photo needs to come out out for whatever reason, I'll tell you and we'll move on with our day. Yeah, I think that those two words, I mean, coming from a, a standpoint of, you know, uh, I have a couple employees underneath me with, a, with a, another photography team, a video team, my wife works with me. Um, photo booth, you know, all these different things. And it's tough. It's yeah. Super tough. But you know what? Like, um, I've learned how to, how to manage just from how I was, how I was like managed. I worked for a, a creative, 
um, company doing um, post-production, video, TV spots, commercial, video, all that kind of stuff. And it was the greatest experience that I had because my boss, he, he just trusted me. He didn't micromanage. You know, he, he, we made sure that the work was done. Um, but ultimately, as long as it was done by the deadline, we were good. And, and I think that those two words make a huge difference. And everyone who's, who is um, working with you and surround with you on the day, um, whether it's just a lighting director, whether it's like the, uh, you know, the, um, the wedding planner or whatever, who's asking you to review the, the timeline, the yeah. schedule, like, look, I trust you. Uh, I think it's going to yeah. be good. Yeah. I mean, trust you and thank you. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. You know, one thing that I want to point out that has been really, I think the biggest, in many ways, the hardest thing for me with anyone, I mean, even when I play in, with the band and stuff is like, it's the hardest thing is every one of us is all made up differently in terms of what how we like to work best, right? And how I work best is completely different than how Nicole works best. I mean, I'm up early and I'm just right out of, out of the gate working hard. And Nicole like to, you know, ease into the day. And then, so the whole point is, is as long as the work is getting done, that's all that matters. And, you know, I had to myself be okay with her or anyone else that works with me that it's okay for them to work different. It's okay for them not to be a Cole because I'm a little weird in a lot of ways. You know? <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I don't know if you can relate to that. Yeah, but it's, for sure, man. That's the hardest part of the dynamic, I think, is when you're working with someone on a partner level, it's easy for you to assume or expect the same type of, um, or the work to be done in a similar way, but that's not necessarily fair to them. Yeah, definitely. Well, I want to talk a little bit more about Cole's classroom here in a minute, but I have one more question for you just in regards to, uh, you know, Cole Joseph photography. Um, a lot of our audience, they're, they're just getting started off with their business. They're in those kind of foundational steps. Um, what do you wish you would have known when you started your business that you know now? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I mean, in general, not even just with Cole Joseph. Well, let me take that back. The one thing in particular that I wish I would have known in the beginning was the importance of making connections with other photographers, even in my own area. Hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, some of my best friends now are are literally direct competition to me uh, here in San Diego. But, you know, that and that's another way. If you're starving for business, you need to go out there and start making friends with other photographers. And most people, their gut reaction is, why would I do that? They're competition. But guess what? If, you, if you're if you able to buddy up with, if you and I were in the same group, uh, same city, and we buddied up, what do you think is going to happen when we're both booked? Sure. Or, or I should say you're booked. And you're going to give me a call and say, hey, Cole, I got this awesome bride. And are you available on this date? No, man, send her on over. Perfect. And then you sort of establish that. So that's what I didn't really start doing until way later on into the Cole Joseph career. And I wish I would have. And the second thing is I would have been more willing to invest money in anything, whether it's a software or a tool or an education or, or some sort of educational aspect that would have sort of let me leapfrog to the next level quicker. Mm-hmm. Or if it would have made me go from editing, taking this long to edit down to here, that's worth your money. Um, and in the beginning, it's hard to – you know, you're watching the dollars coming in, you're watching them going out and the gut reaction is like, I need to hold it. You know, I need, I don't, I can't spend, but it's not, 
it's not an expense. It may be an investment if it's going to pay off by giving you greater profits. Yeah, so, I, I totally agree with that. I feel like, I, and it's so funny because um, I quickly forget, you know, every single time I've ever invested into uh, whether it be a course, uh, a tool, a product, a, um, a workshop, a conference, a mentoring session, whatever it may be, um, I have always walked away and that year made X amount more money or, or even that week or that month. And I've just seen incredible growth come from those experiences. And yet, even despite that fact that it's happened countless times, I'm always like, oh man, but is it really worth it? Should I really do it? And because uh, you're human. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's it. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm the same way. And, you know, with, I mean, just to really quickly make the point really clear is you heard about me because of Smart Passive Income Podcast. Mm-hmm, I would have never got that opportunity if I didn't invest $750 to go to a one-day um, or, yeah, a one-day workshop with Pat from Smart Passive Income. So if I, and trust me, Cole's classroom was, you know, it was, I mean, it was, it was on the, it was growing, but it was nowhere near where it is now. $750 for anywhere for just one day. It's not, it's not like uh, made of money here. That, that took a lot of thought and, and so much goodness has come just from that one thing. So it's amazing what one thing can lead to the next and the next and the next and pay dividends down the road. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great advice. Well, I want to transition here and talk a little bit more about Cole's Classroom because you've made this move from wedding photography into your education site. Um, why did you start Cole's Classroom? I started Cole's Classroom because I knew how difficult it was for me learning and not having a really supportive area or resource to go to. Um, you know, I I didn't. I wanted to do do away with any of the animosity that I had sort of had myself when I was sort of starting, and um, it, it started off with actually the intention. I mean, now it's sort of a real. It's sort of been a big powerhouse on post processing tips and editing and all that. But the initial intent was really to document and sort of share some of those top real life tips I was learning out in the field doing weddings, because weddings are so hard to get insight into what goes on because it's so hard to get second and third shooting gigs. So that was the initial intent was just simply to sort of give some non, no BS, um, real world, um, experiences that I'm learning here from doing weddings. Yeah. It's fantastic. So then, um, what now makes your site different than the rest? There's a lot of education sites out there. Um, and so what separates Cole's classroom? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that has, and probably the biggest contributor to our quick success is, you know, my, not my face, because I mean, there's, <laughs> there, but you know, not being, not being just a, a name on a, on an article, but being an, a real person, you know, a real person that's answering those emails. I mean, it's, and once again, the little things, same with cold dress photography, it's those little things. So, um, while it gets a little harder now, cause we have a hundred thousand on our email list. And so there's so much stuff. I still am always participating in the, our, our group. Um, I still am answering Q and a at the end of a webinar for 20 or 30 minutes to make sure people's questions are getting answered. I'm still answering those emails. Um, and just generally wanting to help people and not just put content out there to be consumed. 
And and I think what I'm starting to segue into is doing a lot more interactive training, a lot more of the webinar format, a lot more like this, interviews, bringing in industry experts. And that's going to be probably in the next sort of phase of Cole's Classroom. That's the biggest difference is it's not just going to go be a blog. It's, you know, it's not just going to be like tutorials. It's going to be real um, amazing value from these amazing photographers. You know, we just working with Zach and Jody. I mean, these are people that are huge, huge successes. Um, and we're going to do a lot more of that. It's going to be awesome. That's really cool, man. That's really cool. So you talked a little bit about how Colts Classroom started one way and it's kind of evolved in this thing and, and where it's going now. Um, so I guess talk a little bit more about that evolution, how it came about um, into what it is today. Because you said, you know, you're, you're it's very heavy in the post end of things. Um and so, and I know that that was an important part of, of, of Cole Joseph photography is just learning that post-production to save time, save money. Um, so talk more about that evolution. Yeah. I mean, in the, in the, in the beginning, which I know you can appreciate, I mean, it's, it's a grind. It is such a slow, um, sad, <laughs> frustrating, <laughs> lonely grind. I mean, for the first six months and keep in mind, I was doing this. I had this great idea about Cole's classroom while doing a full-time job and full-time, I mean, darn near full-time weddings. Um, and I didn't have a lot of time to commit to it, but I was still doing it. So when I was getting absolutely zero return, zero feedback, zero comments um, in those early days, I I think I almost quit on myself three times. You know, it's like, what am I doing here? You know, it's this isn't working. So luckily that started to change. And the reason it changed is I started to get pretty good at getting some articles ranked really high on Google. So I started, you know, getting some organic SEO things that actually paid off. Um, and two posts in particular sort of went right to the top. One of them was my Lightroom presets. Um, so I started getting all these, all this traffic from obviously related to Lightroom. Another thing was um, newborn photography tips. And that number one and knock on wood, it stays there because it's now been, I think a year and a half. So when, whether it's number one or number two, that's, that's brought in a lot of newborn photography people. So at the time, you know, that was sort of like, okay, I've, I've been spinning my wheels forever. I finally got some traction. I finally got some people coming in. Now what? So essentially what I did is I productized by putting out actual products that were related to what those people wanted. So if I have a bunch of newborn people coming in, I'm not going to try and sell them a wedding photography, um, you know, workshop. I'm going to sell them a newborn workshop. So that's that was sort of our first segue into training was simply based on where are people coming in from and what do they want. Um, and ultimately, as I've done more with my own sharing my secrets with Lightroom, it sort of naturally has taken that course of, um, you know, having that that niche really just sort of uncovering and sharing and hopefully demystifying photo editing and making it as easy as possible for people to understand. Yeah. That's awesome. And I mean, I guess, cause I didn't want to leave your question hanging. I <laughs> sort of went off there, but I think one thing that I would say too is in terms of the evolution is in this last, you know, six months in particular, I've really changed the focus from just turning content to actually promoting the existing content. So it's sort of gone from, less product uh, content creation and more content promotion and, you know, take what you want from that. But even for 
all you photographers out there who have no desire to do an educational website, the point is this. The promotion and the marketing is where bulk of your time needs to be to go in and get new business coming in, to get new leads coming in. So um, whether that's going out and trying to get your weddings published on more publications, whether you need to go out there and pick up the phone and talk to more coordinators or venues, if you flip-flop it a little bit and not stress over always, what else can I do? I need more work. I need more work. I need more work. Maybe you just need to promote your existing work more. So for me, that's been a huge benefit of, of our existing growth. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think with that too, just like bettering your brand, like increasing your brand's value, uh, not necessarily like your, your work, <laughs> but, but yeah. make your brand uh, so much more refined and focused and, and, and a stronger asset. We'll do leaps and bounds for your price point and, and your client base. So um, that's awesome. Cool. I'm going to put this one heavy weighted question on you. To end our time together, if you had one piece of advice to leave with our audience, I know you've been giving out advice left and right, but if you had one piece of advice um, as we're looking into kind of, you know, we're getting close to the end of the year here, going into a new year, um, for photographers to be thinking about whether it's about their brand, their business model, uh, their work, um, what would that be to help make 2016 an even better year than 2015 for them? Wow, that's a heck of a question. Um, <laughs> Only one thing, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, one. If I had to say just one word, it, it would be hustle. <laughs> I mean, you know, there. But I mean, that's obviously very vague. Um, so, so to put it in a little bit more context, I think I would recommend you really look at the data, and your data might be your number of bookings, it might be your price point, um, but really analyze your current situation and. Really, so understand where you're at right now. Understand where you want to go. And your job right now is to build the bridge to get there. Simple as that. And there's going to be a lot of hustle to get there. But um, it might be raising your prices, okay? Um, so, so put that plan in place. So literally write it out where you want to be, manifest it in your head, and um, and do it. You know, And don't be afraid. So you're going to have to put away the fear. Um, but at the same time, don't spin your wheels, you know, so you have to have the plan because without the plan, you're going to be overwhelmed. You're going to be frustrated. You're going to be spinning your wheels and you're going to lack results. So know where you're at now, know where you want to go and build that bridge to get there and understand it's going to take a lot of hustle, a lot of time, and it might even take some investment. And that's all those three things are perfectly normal, perfectly okay. But if you want it, if you want it bad enough in here, what's stopping you from getting it? Incredible advice, man. Thank you, Cole. Thank you so much for, for giving an hour of your time uh, to, to the six-figure photography community at large. And uh, we're just so thankful that, uh, that we've had a chance to sit down and dig into this with you. Man, where can people find you online? Where can people learn more about uh, both your education with Cole's Classroom, but also if they want to become inspired and take a look at your work, where do, where do yeah. people find you? Sure. Yeah. So ColeJosephPhotography.com will get you to um, our blog site and just head on over to the blog to see all of our most recent weddings we've done. Um, and then of course, Cole'sClassroom.com is, um, you can join uh, the community there. Um, it's an awesome supportive group and I'd love to see you on there. Um, free, free tutorials to your heart content. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, thanks again, Cole. I appreciate it. Um, guys, we'll talk, uh, we'll talk at our next podcast. Thanks again.